If you're not worshiping God, you say, no, I ain't worshiping the devil. He's got you fooled already. He's got you so wrapped up, you think you're doing it on your own. You don't have no own. There's only two forces. If it's not God, it's Satan. There's no in-between. It's not you. You don't have no understanding. You don't, you don't control nothing. You can say, it's my life. No, it ain't your life, because if it was yours, you can keep it. You can't keep it. You're going to give it up. If you don't want to give it up, they're going to tow you away. Welcome to the Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Every believer is going to find themselves in a moment where they have to determine whether they're going to follow God or follow the temptations that the enemy will bring towards us. As Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, so will we be. Come and go with us today as we share this message about worshiping God only. Jesus said, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. I want to just point out something so that we don't miss it. The, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. Notice what he said. All this I will give to you. He recognized that he is the God of this world and he has the power to give you some things when you are working for him. The gangsters and the drug dealers and all those people that's doing all that criminal activity, living in them big houses for a season, he reward those who diligently seek him too. So he says to Jesus, I'll give this to you if you bow down. And worship me. Now, I want to share this with you. That's the same thing that he wants you to do. Just because you didn't recognize it, don't mean that's not what his goal is. His goal is to have every man, woman, and child to bow down and worship him. And there's only two alternatives. You're either worshiping God or you're worshiping the devil. If you're not worshiping God, you say, no, I ain't worshiping the devil. He's got you fooled already. He's got you so wrapped up, you think you're doing it on your own. You don't have no own. There's only two forces. If it's not God, it's Satan. There's no in-between. It's not you. You don't have nothing. You don't have no understanding. You don't control nothing. You can say, it's my life. No, it ain't your life, because if it was yours, you can keep it. You can't keep it. You're going to give it up. If you don't want to give it up, they're going to tow you away. You're not going to be able to keep that. Jesus here in this temptation moment had to work through these three major areas. One, if you're the son of God, he said, prove it by turning these stones into bread. Show me what you got. Then he went on and said, I want you to jump off of this roof so you can show what you can do. Jesus says, no, I live by the word of God and I'm not putting him to the test with sensationalism. That's what he wanted. Be sensational. Let everybody else know who you are too. Have a big show. Let them see that you jumped off and you made it. Jesus says, no, I don't go that way. Satan showed him the kingdoms, those magnificent kingdoms of Egypt, the pyramids, the temples, the the treasures. He showed him the power and the splendor of Rome with this mighty empire spread all over that known world. 
He showed him the city of Athens and in Greece, Babylon and Corinth and Jerusalem. I give all these to you if you would just bow down and worship me. But Jesus knew that he already had the kingdoms given to him by God. He said, you are the king of kings and the Lord of lords and everything belongs to you. Satan knew and was saying, I'm only offering you what God already said you have. But you can have it now. He's so cunning. See, the thing we have to understand that the devil been practicing for a long time. And he knows all the maneuvering and all of the, the ways that he can counteract everything that you got going. You just think you're smart and you're quick. The devil said, I've been doing this for thousands of years. I already know what you're going to say. I know how you're going to I done fooled people from Hitler to everybody else. You think you're somebody? You think you can cope with me? No, I'm going to show you. If God said you can have it, you can get it right now. You don't have to follow those scriptures just like he said. Just do what I tell you. Satan is the great deceiver. He offers what seems to be the same as God offers, but he offers it at a cheaper price. You don't have to go to prayer meeting to do this. Why you got to pray that long? Y'all ever heard that? That wasn't God. I don't know why the pastor want us to come to prayer. He always talking about coming to prayer. Everybody don't have to pray like that. You think that was the Holy Spirit sharing that with you? You're going to have to learn how to say, get behind me. In fact, some of you don't even need him behind you. Jesus said, get away from me. I was at a little restaurant this morning, and the cashier was singing a song, shake, 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 shake the devil. I said, how you let him get on? <laughs> I said, how he got such a grip, you got to shake him off. God wants you to prosper, doesn't he? That's what the enemy going to say. God wants you to prosper, doesn't he? He'll tell you that when the cashier gives you too much money for your change. And you know you need to give it back. But he said, no, God wants you to prosper. Pastor already said we're blessed going out, blessed coming in. This must be the blessings of the Lord. Give the folks their money back. <laughs> that is not your money. The devil wanted to use scriptures on you. Pastor already said it. grace will always abound toward you. And now you remember that when you got that $200 extra. You look into your account and somebody misappropriated and put your account number on their deposit instead of theirs. Then you want to just pray and start testifying. Oh, how good God is. <laughs> now I'll call the bank and say, y'all made a mistake. This does not belong to me. Y'all been doing that? <laughs> but that's what he does. God wants you to have that. God wants you to do that. But he said, just bow down and worship me. And Jesus said, for it is written, get away from me, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here's what I want to tell you. When the heat is on, stay with the word of God. If you're going to stay with the word of God, you're going to have to know the word of God. That's why we encourage you to come to Bible Institute so you can know the word of God. Because we know the enemy is coming. Jesus said this when he was preaching in the Sermon on the Mount. When you know these words of mine and do these words, you're going to be like the house planted on a solid foundation. So when the storms come and when the wind come, you're going to be able to stand. But if you don't know these words and you don't do these words, when the storm come, you're going to collapse. 
So you need to know the Word of God. You need to get into the Word of God for yourself. The enemy's going to come. He's going to bring you something close and similar and something that's watered down. And you're going to say, well, yeah, that's right. No, go back and say, no, that's not what it said. When you can't see your way, stay with the Word of God. When you feel all alone and there's nobody to encourage you, stay with the Word of God because the enemy going to come to you and tell you you need to do this because nobody else care about you. What does he do in the church? He comes in the church with all kinds of darts and words and things and make you think nobody care about you. Somebody trying to do something to you and all this stuff like that. You need to concentrate on the word. You go to Psalms chapter 1 and, and verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not after the counsel of the ungodly. But read that psalm that says, but he meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. And, and he meditate on the word of God. Don't meditate on those thoughts the enemy send to your mind to tell you something going on. He wants you to bow down and worship him. One of the biggest problems in the church today, people come to the building, but they're still bowing down and worshiping the, the devil. Because you're bowing down to him at home, and then you stand up here and lift your hands to the Lord in the church. You're bowing down to worship him when you leave here. But when you come to church, you want to say, yes, Lord. You can't have it both ways. You can't walk with the Lord and run with the devil. Satan tempts us in the same way he tempted Jesus. First, he's going to try to get us to distrust God's promise. Distrust his love and his care for us. And he's going to try to get you to solve your own problems on your own without trusting God. God gave me my good senses. Well, he sure did. But he also said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own good senses. Your good senses is only good to you. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways and he will direct your path. That's what the word of God says. We're not going to live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That's the challenge for the church today. The reason that the culture is so degraded is not because of the sinners. It's because the folks who are saints aren't living like saints. So the sinners don't have anybody to compare to. Secondly, the devil is going to try to get us to presume on God's care and forgiveness by willingly putting ourselves in the way of danger. That was that second temptation. Whether physical, economic, moral, or spiritual, he's going to say, you can do that. That's all right. You can do that. You have the liberty in Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have the liberty. It, but it works like this. You know, the Lord will forgive me. You know, I already planned on sinning. And then you're going to use that scripture. That says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But you say, I'm going to use that after I get through. That's tempting the Lord. You might not get through. Third, he's going to appeal to selfish ambition and try to get us to use our own worn schemes to fulfill the promise that God made to us. That was that last temptation. I give you this. Jesus already have everything. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And Satan says, you can have it right now. The message that the Lord is teaching us in this passage is this. When temptation comes, don't look at the temptation. Look at Jesus Christ. All of us are tempted. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how holy you are. 
You have many victories in the past. Tomorrow hadn't come yet. There's going to be something that's going to come that's going to test where you're standing with God. There's always something. And the enemy knows exactly where you have been vulnerable. And he's going to come. And he's going to test that. And if you're going to make it, you want to build up those areas, but you also want to have your armor on. The Bible said, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's why Paul told us to put on the whole armor of God so that we'll be able to take our stand against the schemes, the wiles of the devil. He's a schemer. You know what a schemer is? How many of y'all used to be schemers? Come on, just lift your hands with me. Y'all say, I was a schemer. I was a schemer. I saw one hand up, but he... Mama said, take your hand down. He's five years old. We had some schemers in here. A schemer has to always present a picture that's appealing to you, but there's an underlying, an alternative thing that they're trying to do to take advantage of you. So there's no scheme that's not trying to take advantage of you. Whether it's a late night commercial on TV that's trying to sell you some product that's not going to work. You can take these pills, get rid of everything in your body, every sickness you've ever had. That's a scheme. And so the devil have a scheme and he works a scheme on you and it's programmed and it's custom fit for you. But here's what I want you to know. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 says this. For we do not have a high priest, we're talking about Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are Yet without sin. That was the difference. He was tempted just as we are, but he didn't sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. The Bible said Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. You can't say, Lord, you don't know what I'm going through. Yes, I know what you're going through. I've been tempted in every way just like you were, and I can help you through this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Whenever you have a temptation, whenever there's an issue that you're dealing with, he says, I've already have a way out. The challenge is that we don't look for the way out. A lot of us like the way in. We don't look for the way out. But there is a way out, so look for the way out. He's provided a way out. Look for that way. When, the, when you feel like you're tempted, Lord, I don't know. There's a way out. Don't lock the door behind you. Church, we can have victory over temptation by resisting the way that Jesus resisted. Submit yourself unto God. Then you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you feel like you've been uh, just attacked and you just can't control and you've got issues, you've got habits, you've got ways and you've just been trying to get over that, here, just what you do. You submit yourself to God. Say, Lord, I know you're able to break every stronghold in my life. It's not that you're going out doing murder and rape and all that. You just might have a bad temper, uh, unforgiveness, anger issues, addiction issues. You might be addicted to some of those pills the doctor gave you for your pain legitimately. And you're still taking them over and over and over. And it's causing you some problems. You never told anybody. But you need to break that. 
You never told anybody, but we know you're taking them because we see you at church looking funny. <laughs> and when you don't take them, can't nobody get along with you. So you're doing something. You ain't got no business. If we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, we can make a, a difference in the world. And that's what we're here for. We're not building another church so we can have just a wonderful, nice, physical building to come to and have a good time. That's the building. That's not the church. The church are the people. Our time is too critical for us just to go through the motion of being a believer and a Christian. God is looking for an army, not an audience. He's looking for some people that will rise up and say, you can use me, Lord, to make a difference. Somebody needs help and I can help them. Somebody needs hope, and I can give them some hope. Somebody needs deliverance, and I can help them be delivered with the Word of God. I can help bring somebody out of darkness into your marvelous light. I can help rescue somebody who's on their way to hell and get them on the road to heaven. You can use me. I mean, how long is it going to have to be that you're in the same place that you've been for the last 20 years just coming to church saying, oh Lord, I just need a little bit more. A little bit more what? I just need a little bit more anointing. For what? You ain't doing nothing. So it's time to rise up and take our rightful places. Our kids are being destroyed. Our neighborhoods are being destroyed. Our culture is being destroyed. People don't have the answer. I heard them on a talk show last night. We need to do gun control so if people don't do things. I said, no, the problem ain't guns. The problem is moral decay and sin in the lives of people. They had guns and stuff in the 50s. Nobody was going to the school shooting up nobody. And when they're getting ready to teach your kindergartens about homosexuality and we sitting around act like we don't know what to do, save the teachers. Minister to the teachers, get them saved. And they'll say, we ain't teaching that. If the administrators get a problem, get the administrators saved and say, we ain't teaching that. When folks get saved, things change. But we're sitting around, we done got so comfortable, we're just sitting, soaking and souring, just thinking church is what we got to come to do, our little activity. That ain't what God called us to do. God called us to be a light to the world, to make a difference to somebody else. And when you start doing that, you ain't going to have all this issue in the church. You know, they don't do this at the church and that at the church. Well, you need a job. You get busy reaching people for Christ, you ain't got time to complain about nothing. You're going to go home and go to bed. You're going to go to prayer. You're going to be on your knees because you're going to see the need out there. You'll be like, Jane, I see a need and I need to go do something about it. So we've gotten so comfortable in our churches and my job is to make you uncomfortable. See, we got to the place where we just come to church and then, oh, I don't like to worship no more. Coming here is not for you to be entertained. Coming here for you to be built up in the things of God, to be built up in the spirit. And that's going to hurt because sometimes the word is going to hurt us. And I tell people, you know, when I'm preparing, I got to eat the same thing. I'm not going to give you cast oil if I hadn't taken it. And I got to say, okay, Lord, I got to do better myself. It hits me just like it hits you. And I had to ask myself, I have not been doing what God wants me to do. I have not been as interested in reaching people as God wants me to reach. I have not let God use me to make a difference in the world. I have to do better, and I'm the pastor. Yes, I'm going to challenge you because I don't have much time. 
I don't have much time. If I got another 20 years, it's going to go like that. And I want to do everything I can. So when I'm no longer here, you said one thing he did, he got me off of my seat. And he made me get on up and do some work for God. If I can't say anything else, yeah, he challenged me. Yeah, he stepped on my toes. Well, get your toes out the way because I'm finna come down the aisle. A dead church ain't good for nothing. And we don't want to be a dead church. We are the light of the world. We're not a dead church. Just going through the motion, just clapping our hands and saying hallelujah. I want to see somebody come through these doors with their hands up and say, I need Jesus. One of your members met me at the park and told me I need to be saved, so I'm coming in here. Somebody else is testifying that one of your members met me over there at the store and they prayed for me. And now I'm coming to meet Jesus. That's when we are a church that God had called. Yes, you're going to be tested. Yes, you're going to be tried. But when you get on up and begin to do what God called you to do. I don't know if you've got it, but we've been praying. Say, Lord, I want you to forgive us. We've been going through Psalms 51 in our prayer meetings. Lord, forgive me for not doing what you asked me to do. Forgive me for being complacent. Forgive me for just going through the motion. Forgive me, oh Lord. Wash me, cleanse me, purify me. I said, we need to repent as a church. We need to repent. We pray for every pastor in this city. Let the pastors begin to repent. Let the elders repent. Let the deacons repent. Let the mothers repent. Let the missionaries repent. Let us repent and say, Lord, we're sorry that we've been giving these cream puff messages to the member. Let the pastors repent for giving these marshmallow messages out to the members so they can be happy. I want every pastor to preach a hard message that we'll run you from one church to another. Lord, let the pastors get the boldness and the strength to start telling people they need to live right and need holy. That's what we pray for. I stand and I repent for every pastor I know. God, that we haven't done our job. And we repent for every minister. We haven't done our job. We repent for every deacon, every elder. We haven't done our job. We ain't going to worry about the people yet. We're going to do our job and let you work on the people. And then you need to say, Lord, I haven't done my job. I'm going to revive. How many said we can stand to be revived? We need the power of God in our country. God is ready to work. So when we begin to do things God's way, God says, I can take something and I can change a nation. God says, I'm ready to show my power. I just need my people to do what I said I'm going to do. We need to start doing things God's way. We're going to live by the word of God. God can change this nation. God can change the schools. God can change our children. God can save the teenagers. God can raise up people. But the people of God have to stand. He said, if my people who are called by my will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. I can take care of it, but I can't get my people to do what I need them to do. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you so much for joining us again as we've been sharing some messages with those of us who are believers, how God wants our lives to be totally committed to him. It was Jesus Christ who said to Satan while he was being tempted, do not tempt the Lord your God, but worship him only. Not only are we to worship him, we are to work for him. We are not ashamed of the gospel. There are people who need to hear the word of God, and we need to tell him that Jesus is the way and that he's calling sinners 
to come to him. Why don't you let God use your life today to reach others? And if you don't know Jesus Christ, this is an opportunity for you to invite him into your life. If you would like to hear this message again in its entirety, you can hear it on our podcast. Go to Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message as well as previous messages that have aired on this station. I invite you to be our guest at the Light of the World each Sunday. We're meeting at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. That's right in North Houston. If you live in Atascacita, Kingwood, Summerwood, or Fall Creek, or in North Houston, you're in our neighborhood. So come and be our guest. If you're looking for a bookstore, we have one right here on our campus. The Beacon Bookstore, where you can get Bibles, Sunday School, Curriculum, church supplies, communion supplies, or whatever you need. Call The Beacon at 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.